Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mr. Hudson, how are you, sir? Uh, showboating seems to be the topic of the week, and I always like to get Hudson's view on it. So, first of all, let's talk about Anthony, not your son, Anthony. We're going to be doing more of that in Alan Hudson's World Cup diaries as we enter November and the World Cup starts. But Anthony, the fella, the Brazilian boy that plays for United, that done um, probably a double pivot is an appropriate term, and then passed the ball, but it went out of play. What's your take on it? Uh, I'd, I'd like to see uh, players prove themselves before they can do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, that don't really stand up with me. I, I, when when you mention, as soon as you mention Brazilian, I think of uh, real Brazilian players, you know, um, who show about it, like Ronaldinho or something like that, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, who could really do it and uh, do it at the right times. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it, dead ball kicks and. Uh, Cold balls in, and I mean that might you don't have to pivot to do that. But I've I've always uh, had a thing about showboating. Um, I've always always had a a theory about it. I don't like players that do it um, when things are going well, and when they're up against it, they're not seen. You know, they go missing. Yeah. Um, I'm what. We had this conversation yesterday, and I, I know you like it, and I know fans like it. There's nothing better to see somebody do a trick and do this and that. You know, I, I fall out with Chelsea fans over saying, "Oh, did you see him do this and do that?" Well, that catching the ball on the back of your neck and doing tricks and all that it don't don't stand by me. You know, uh, I'm not one of those people. I'm I'm a the reason I was a good player was because. I kept things simple, yeah. uh, and but as a kid, I could do all the tricks. I could showboat, um, and uh, I I look at showboating like playing at Stoke City with Jimmy Greenoff and uh, knocking balls into him, and then running and getting the return, and then he know that knowing where he is and him knowing where I am. I call that showboating, yeah. and I, I gave you an instance yesterday. Well, um, I remember the greatest uh, bit of showboating that went wrong. Uh, it was a game that still Stoke fans still remind me of when I go up there. They Leeds United, the, the top Leeds United team. They were coming to the end of their tether, but they were still they had gone 29 games without defeat, so they couldn't have been that bad. And they were going for the for the big one to break the record at the Victoria ground. And, uh, you know, there's no tougher place to come than come to us. And it was only, a, it was only about my fifth or sixth game for Stoke at that time. Your and, first um, goal, wasn't it? It was the fir- my first goal, which mm. obviously hadn't come, 
I wouldn't say the right time. It was um, they hit us with two quick goals, uh, uh, you know, away from home, and that led to them. I called it. I didn't call it showboating at the time. I called. I called it swaggering and swanning, and they started and they scored a third goal. Joe, Joe Jordan scored a header. In from from six yards out, and it, it was well offside, and thankfully there was no today's VAR and all this rubbish, you know. Otherwise, it might have been given. Uh, and if, if they'd have gone three now up, well, they would have really had us by the old Niagara's, you know. And um, I, it was it was a, a great moment which changed the game. But they were they were showboating. They were two nil up, and. Brawls and uh, Bremner and Giles were, uh, you know, swaggering around in midfield and flicking it, here, flicking it there. And had they been at Ellen Road, it would have been an Olay, you know. Yeah. It yeah. would have been. Uh, it would have. They would have really rubbed their noses in it. And uh, I remember looking over at John Mahoney and uh, nodding, and he nodded back to me. And then he started on John Johnny Giles and me on Bremner and. Uh, Mickey Pedrick, my friend, uh, scored from a free kick. I got the second, I think, to equalise, and we didn't want half time to come. And it was the first time in a dressing room I'd ever been in a dressing room ever in my entire life when none of the players sat down. And uh, I went out and I changed my shirt, went out into the uh, the shower area, did what I usually do, freshen up. And uh, all I could hear in the other rooms was aluminium studs on the on the dressing room floor, and it told me that uh, showboating don't, you know, work. It's um, it was uh, it was quite fantastic. We went out, we won three two. Dennis Smith always boasts that he got letters from all around the world for scoring the winner. It was it was one of the best. It was possibly the best game I've ever played in for. Um, uh, atmosphere and the crowd and you know all the fans unbelievably tell me now that you know they all the bet they they clean the betting shops out uh but um that was a great that was a great example of showboating i'm all for i'm all for what we spoke about I'm, you know when alan ball sits on the ball tony curry sits on the boy you know um and that that's great with me because some kind of players can showboat. Yes. But when they when they get behind, they can still change games. Yeah. They don't go missing. But this these people that showboat when there was one player played for Arsenal, uh, I can see his face. Can't put uh, you'll put a name to it, and he moved to Manchester City as a front man. He's only a small fella. Uh, he used to showboat. But only when they were winning, yeah. and when they were losing, he was a disaster. And I, I hate that, you know. I, um, I can see his face. I can see. I can see his whole entire body. I can see. I can actually see his name, but I can't spell it. But uh, Just uh, say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, them type of players really annoy me. You know, you, yeah. you know. I think we spoke about it. I wrote something last week about. Uh, players looking good in the warm-up. Yes. Yeah. You know, and then I, I, as a as a kid, I used to um, 
I used to study players in a warm up and think, bloody hell, well, not study them, but look, look at them and think, cool, he looks a good player and the, the way he moves and the way he passes, well, flicks it up, you know, keeps it up, does this, does that, does. And then the whistle goes and you don't see them. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're better players in the warm-up than when the whistle blows. And I'm, I was the type of player that I'd go on the field and just do my warm-up and didn't want to be seen in the warm-up. You know, I'd do my warm-up before I got on the field and then just get into the game. You know, I don't believe in all that. You know, play, I think it's because they get in front of the, the crowd ball and they think they got, you know, got to charm a few flashy little tricks, you know. Mm. Well, that ain't, that ain't the name of the game, you know, because the name of the game is, um, as we see again yesterday um, with Manchester City, you know, they had it tough at Leicester. Uh, they were a bit fortunate at times. One effort, uh, the Leicester the Leicester lad hit the bar with a 35. A 30. Great shot, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, my God! That if ever a goal, if ever it deserves a goal, uh, Elements, whatever his name is, he's uh, you know he, look, he can look a good Tillemans, yeah. He can look a good player at times, uh, especially when he plays for Belgium. Yeah. But um, that would have been some goal. You know, it's uh, Man City can swagger, but they they also I I see a player uh, last night. I see one game. A uh, player come off, and he he was a terrific player, and it, the sweat pouring off him was just was fantastic. I thought, you know, they're not just great. Oh, it was Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. It was Kevin De Bruyne, and uh, I I I've never seen a player so with so much talent work so hard. He's and always ruddy faced. Kenny Daglish was similar. Always ruddy face for some reason. Their cheeks glow red, don't they? And De Bruyne, he does perspire an awful lot. He'd be a great advert for uh, an antiperspirant deodorant spray, wouldn't he, Kevin? Or a bar of of soap. (laughs) Back in the day, you did that, Al, famously, didn't you? With the uh, the bar of soap at Arsenal. Arsenal going (laughs) to clean up with Hudson. (laughs) But uh, when I was fit, mate, I mean, before I got my ankle, even when I uh, on the heavy grounds, you know, I I remember Stevie Perriman said to me last week, he said... uh, I remember saying it you to to you at Victoria Ground one day on every pitch. He said, uh, uh, "He said, Al, we should slow down a bit." He said, "Whatever you're taking, can you give me some?" Uh, which made me laugh, and because me and Stevie are great mates, and um, and uh, we 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 can say that to each other. You know, you can say each other. You know, when you're, you're mates and you play against each other in in big matches and which we did many times you know that you know you find out who's who in these matches and uh, um i know that i'm not really going off track with this show no, of course him, but, we're not um, i'm going to bring it to something that i think is very relevant from what you've just spoken about shortly yeah yeah it's um I, yeah i'm all i'm all um you know, probably the greatest showboat uh, of them all was Frank Worthington. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Frank was, uh, because I remember, and I told you, I mean, it's no secret that uh, he thought he was Elvis. And uh, I was doing it. I was very, very close to pulling a deal off with Stan Baldwin, a good friend of mine, uh, 
and we were going to do a radio show of jokes and uh, uh, phone calls of, to people that we knew in our trade. And I, I made a, a few names, wrote a few names out. He wrote a few names. And then Stan would speak to my friends. I'd speak to his. And, and one was Frank. And I I said, Frank Werner. And we did we did a demo of it. And Frank was on it. And, and I said to Frank, uh, tell me, Frank, um, did you ever take Elvis on the pitch, pitch with you? And he said, Alan, he said, I was Elvis on the pitch. Yeah. And uh, that just about summed him up, and he was, and he played the game like he was. Uh, he went out there to to be the best player. I loved him dearly as a person. I think, uh, as everybody that really met him probably did, uh, he was so genuine. Uh, he never cheated. He, he when we haven't got the ball, he wouldn't cheat. He he still he still was a winner. Uh, but he took Elvis on the field with him, and I think that is why people speak about him as uh, the the ultimate maverick, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the Elvis story is a fantastic one. I mean, I couldn't dream of doing anything like that, but just that just was in Frank's makeup as a kid. He he really loved this man so much, and it, he wanted to be him, and he was him, and he even dressed like him, and not with the city clothes. Uh, but he, he, you know, I've been out with him when he, I've, at one Sunday function, I asked him, I said, uh, please give, you know, we've got a good crowd here today. It was a Sunday afternoon for Hungerford, I think it was, raising money for Hungerford. And um, and I said, Frank, you know, it's a bit quiet. I said, I think you better get up on stage and, and, and do a little turn. Just do one song. And he, oh, well, his face, he was like a little kid in a candy shop. He, he, he just got up on the stage, switched the mic on, and I said, ladies and gentlemen and, and kids, uh, uh, this is Elvis Presley, you know. And, and he done uh, Are You Lonesome Tonight? Uh, but he didn't sing it, he spoke it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, this fellow was, he was Elvis Presley, and uh, bless him, and he, and he took Elvis to his grave with him, and... Uh, you know, that's showboating. And when 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 Frank showboated, he could showboat. You know, he he could flick it up, and he could. I mean, the, the he, But not only could he showboat, the goal against Bolton, uh, the goal for Bolton against Ipswich was showboating and putting the finishing touches on it, wasn't it? I think what we're pretty much nailing is there's nothing wrong with showboating because we remember players that were showmen that did it fantastically well 40 50 years ago and we still remember so the showboating yeah good but there has to be some either killer pass or a killer goal it has to have a purpose Ronaldinho when he showboated against Chelsea at the bridge put it in the onion bag Bang, tick. And also against friends and with friends to add a little bit of comedy, lightheartedness, entertainment. I'll go back to Tony Curry and Rodney Marsh by the corner flag at Loftus Road, trying to not make each other. Tony told me that he he flicked the V's at the Loftus Road crowd after that. He used to blow kisses to the crowd as well. Rodney Marsh and Georgie Best against Hereford, I believe, tackling themselves. 
Yeah, I'm not. I, I think uh, uh, Rodney Marsh is not one of my favourite people. Oh, but, yeah. um, and and I think uh, I wouldn't say Rodney's one of those that would do it with when you when you, your back was against the wall. Yeah. Curry, yes, and uh, I mean I remember Curry. Uh, the greatest picture of all time on the football field was him and Alan Virgin all kissing. Yes. You know, uh, that was that, that was probably the greatest photograph. Now, if that happened today, there would be a, an inquest, you know, as to how many gays in the game. Yeah. You know, but that was two, two, two former Sheffield United players, one playing for Sheffield United, one for Leicester this day, you know, and two great pals. Uh, you know, at that... At that moment, that that script couldn't be written. It was, you know, that was great. That was fantastic for the crowd. What's all that about? What, you know, what's going on here, you know? But then they get up and they crack on and then they would try and, as you say, as you just said, nothing wrong with Showbone as long as there's an end product. Yes. But yeah. when uh, when you get someone like the, the chap you just mentioned, Anthony, um, doing that and making a right cock up of it. Oh, well, I, I did. I heard the conversation on telly yesterday. Funnily enough, about it, and uh, you know, I think that I, if that would have been me, let's let's just say we 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 always put ourselves in them shoes, and we always say that would have been me. I'd have been totally embarrassed, and I'd have I, mm. you know, it, it's uh, you. It's all. It's like. Playing, it's like training with the the youth team, and uh, you know the youth team join in with you. And I always like to help the kids. It's it's like doing something embarrassing, and you it's things that you don't just don't do. You don't do things like that. You know what is that all about? What what are they trying to do? Is that trying to show? Is that trying to show the crowd that he was uh, justifying? Uh, his big fee or being in the side or whatever. The only way you justify your name is by what George Best used to do. Uh, be the best player on the field, then walk off and then go out with Miss World. You know, uh, not play like a total moron and then do it and think, well, I'll go out with Miss World, you know. So 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 what? But yeah, but you know, good on the football field, you know. George was the best on the field and off the field, yeah. you know, and and this is, and and George could showboat. I mean, he showboated the night Ronnie Harris tried to kick him, and he, you know, he buckled and then he, and Benetti come out. He walked round Benetti. That was showboating, and then he he walked it up to the line and put it. He was going to put it through Marvin Hinton's legs, but he, Marvin shrewdly closed his legs because they didn't want to be the last part of the the mesmerizing best run you know it was uh but that was showboating a little bit but that was unconsciously showboating george because he was a he was a showman he was uh you know because he had the looks he had everything to go with it absolutely you referenced earlier about leeds leeds would have equaled burnley's record of 30 games unbeaten believe it was from the 20s when Burnley achieved that and also you talked about so that former... was 50 that was 50 something years yeah, yeah absolutely and uh, yeah. you mentioned about two Sheffield United former players absolutely spot on 
and could have been two former Chelsea players because Birch was at Chelsea and Tony Curry had trolls at Chelsea, but they played him at wing half and they didn't. No, do him they good didn't. Enough. No, no, they played him at centre half. Oh, was it centre half? Yeah, it was yeah, at QPR. Yeah. Then they played him at wing <laughs> off. But, but, but that's how it used to go at them trials. Then hey, center off. Well, we're going to end. We're going to end up with the old management trick right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Tony told me the other week. He said he done a I done a Zoom with Tony, and yeah. uh, and Tony always said that you know you might have been the best player that ever come out of Chelsea, but I was only born down the road in North, you know, Watford yeah. Way, and North London, and. Uh, I'd have pushed you to the limit because I, I wanted to play with Chelsea. I love Chelsea. He said that 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 game when we done you two one when he scored a fabulous thirty yarder, and uh, he could do it. Uh, and yeah, he you know I, I was thinking it's funny you should mention Curry should, should have played with Chelsea because I watched De Bruyne yesterday and and then I thought how could Chelsea let this lad go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, just getting off the the showboating thing, but this this player is some absolute some someone that just produces that bit of magic every game, works harder than anyone else on the field, and I've always said the 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 better the player, the harder they work. You know, in any and that and that goes for Frank Sinatra, that goes for anybody. Phil Collins, look what the trouble it's got him in with his mm. hearing and everything else. You know, the heart, the, this, the, the best players and the best actors, whatever, whatever. They, they're, they're, they're. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It isn't just uh, they're blessed with a talent. They they have to work. You have to work. Any you tell you, any young player, if I was a good first as a coach or telling young kids, I used to say, look, go out and enjoy yourself at the time of your life. Don't spoil you. Don't mess your youth up by being one of be, be a footballer. But when you get in training, you train as hard as you can to to reach your goal. And and is you can't be training. And De Bruyne is a absolute a thousand percent example of this. Any kid that wants to be a footballer, watch Kevin De Bruyne and the way he bursts a gut to, in everything he does. They were 1-0 up yesterday with about three minutes to go. Leicester had him under a bit of pressure. And he got the ball and he ran about 80 yards with the ball. And he, I, you know, he was like a sprinter without the ball. Yeah. You know, uh, and this for me, you know, the manager must think, of oh, what kind of gem have I got here, you know? 
Absolutely. And Birch, um, but great story about Birch in the swimming pool at, at Chelsea, wasn't that? I remember you telling me many, <laughs> a few years ago in my life, my music. Would you just like to recall that before we uh, just touch upon Alan Ball that um, sat on the ball, Tony Curry that also sat on the ball, and then we'll mention something that Borley did that Curry never. But uh, let's just indulge in, in Birch for, uh, for a couple of minutes uh, around that swimming pool at Chelsea. Well, not Chelsea. You were on tour, weren't you? We were on tour, but uh, I mean, Birch was. Um, <laughs> funny, enough, I was talking about it the other day. Birch was. Um, I, I believe that. Um, I truly believe that when Dave, Dave Sexton got bad eyes, I see Birch play with Mick Jones at Sheffield United one day, and I, I and whoever Dave Sexton went to watch, he, you know, I believe he bought the wrong one. Mick Jones, I, I thought, because they both have. Uh, outrageously blonde hair, you know, and then Birch come to us, and we realised we bought a singer. <laughs> uh, he he was famous for he, his his big thing was he he was a he was a he used to sing with uh, uh, the uh, Joe Cocker in the nightclub at Sheffield, and uh, that was his claim to fame. But uh, he also had that there was this thing about when we was on tour. Um, Brian Mears had a, a wife who was quite a quite a quite a beautiful woman, you know. And she was uh, when she dived in the swimming pool. It just seemed to be that a few of our players were diving after, you know, alongside. And and Birch was uh, would be greasing up on the side, you know. He was the one that would had to make the big splash, you know. And uh, uh, somewhere out in the Jamaica or somewhere like that, and 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 he he made a play for this, and it was like, it was one of those show that this could go down as showboating actually, but it, it could have been one of those if he'd have tripped off the side and hit his head or something, which would have went down even better, you know, because it was that outrageous, you know. But but that was the way Birch was, you know, uh, and and he used to showboat a lot. Um, but he, he just, uh, I don't think he could pull it off. Like, uh, he, you know, once once you've seen Worthington do it, you, you know, you can't get away with it. Absolutely. Of course you can, sweetie. We've got the grandkids and we've got a mad kitten as well, Al, that's flying, <laughs> around, <laughs> flying around the house. But yeah, Borley, he actually, he says to Tony Curry, when, when, Tony had sat on the ball. He says, next time we play, I'll show you something a bit special. And Curry told me this. He said what he'd done, he put his foot on the ball and he, he untied and he tied his shoelaces, his bootlaces <laughs> up. And he said, I never got the bastard back for that. But that was <laughs> Alan Ball. Um, Alfie Cox. Well, you've got, you, I mean, you, you've got to be a special kind of player to do that. You Absolutely. know, you, uh, you know, uh, an average player can't do that. They might be able to do it and then, then they're, so they'll probably get the ball and walk away or trip over it or something like that. But Bully was that good. He could, and Curry were, you know, there were two special players who, you know, you could imagine them every time they played each other, they wanted to outdo each other. And there's a, that, that's a great part of football, you know, that if everybody was like that today, you know, you, it's worth going to the game. 
because they played with a smile on the face. And as I said earlier, it brought the fun to the game. Ozzy, the great man, when he scored in Bobby Charlton's uh, final game at Old Trafford in uh, April 1973, he scored that goal. It kind of ricocheted off him. It went into the back of the net. And Ozzy's just on his knees saluting the goal with a big, massive smile. And Osgood was the showman as well, wasn't he, Al? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I uh, I actually wrote something about him yesterday. You know, he I always put in whenever I write about Osgood, he um, uh, he I I I'm sure in his own mind that he lived in Windsor, and I I've always said that he walked about as if they named Windsor after him. But when they named it Royal Windsor, he fought the Royals for him. Uh, he, he really was. He was he was a uh, he was a close showman, and uh, I mean, you couldn't take arrogance any further. I mean, he was so arrogant, uh, but the arrogance was his confidence. He, uh, you know, there they they clash. Arrogance and confidence really do go together. And and Osgood had that in. I've never seen a player. I've seen two. Two players, another at Arsenal with Liam Brady. I mean, he wasn't arrogant, Brady, but he was the most confident kid when he when he left the Arsenal dressing room. You, you knew you, you just looked at him and he just knew he was going to be outstanding every game. And it's great to have that kind of to have that faith in your ability and where some players might lack a bit of confidence in in, in any walk of life. If you've got no confidence, you haven't got anything. Yeah. You know, whatever you do, anything you do, it doesn't matter what it is. It's the confidence is everything. And uh, if you lose it, I mean, I've known that in, in my career, I, whether it's going over my ankle, whether it's breaking a leg or being out into other injuries. And then you've got to come back and fight back to fitness. And then first few games, you lose your... Well, after breaking my leg at Stoke, I mean, I came back and I've, I played for a dozen games as if I'd never played the game before. Yeah. I'd, you know, it, I'd, my fitness regime was wrong. It, it, confidence is everything. And if you, why you've got it, it's something you want to bottle up, you know. Mm. It's um, it's an incredible thing. Um, and But if you've got that with that love, with that little edge of arrogance, it's great. And uh, Ozzy had that. O- Ozzy had that. Um, Frank had that. Uh, Stan Bowles had that. Stan Bowles had that in abundance as well. You know, he had that incredible confidence in his left foot. And, and it, 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 you know, people could say he was the most arrogant player, but it wasn't. It was just the way he played the game. He had that wonderful, wonderful way, movement, you know. Uh, I always think of the song, Some of the Way He Moves. And it's, it's uh, uh, you know, you look at players like that and there's, you know, that's why we say the thing about, co- I've always said about coaching, you just can't, Coach, that's what where Don Revy went wrong, you know, uh, with the England team and and Ramsey at times uh, they didn't pick their best players because they couldn't coach him, they couldn't they couldn't tell him what to do because these top players like the Brazilians in in seventy in Mexico, they didn't need a team talk. Them uh, Pele, Jarzino, Rivellino, Gerson, they didn't need a team talk. You know, they, they you knew when they walked out of that dressing room, they were going to put on the swagger. Always confident, always 
bordering arrogance that makes a good player a great player and a great player a world-class player and now we still remember those players for what they gave us 50 plus years ago when the Mavericks pitch was their stage and the flair wore the flares those were the days my friend oh yeah and uh, you know who was uh... We thought they'd never end, and but you know you keep waiting for them to come back. You know it's, um, but but it doesn't seem to be that way. I, I'm I'm pleased to say that um, on the uh, to end the show that um, it's good to see Jack Grealish show a little little bit of his old self yesterday. Yes, he's, he's slowly slowly coming round to. Uh, someone said it after the game as well, but he's slowly. You know, he's getting more of the ball at Man City now. They're, they've kind of took him under their wing and they, he's, looking, he's looking like the old Jack, Jack Grealish of old. I know uh, the opposition weren't the greatest in the world, but they did really make it difficult yesterday for Man City, which you have to do. And, uh, you know, long, long may it continue. Let's hope Grealish can... Start really. I, I don't think he'll pick him in the World Cup, uh, but that doesn't matter, you know. Uh, as I said to you in the Euros, Paul, uh, Jack should have done what I should have done with Revy. He should retire from international football, knowing that he's not going to get picked, and just hope that Southgate leaves and the next manager will pick him and make him captain, and and just say, you know, go and son, go and play because. Signs of yesterday that Grealish might be be on his way back. And I think if you could have a one-to-one with Jack, and I'd love to get a one-to-one with you and Jack, I'm guessing you'd say, Jack, be arrogant, borderline arrogant, do what comes naturally to you and stuff what the rest think and say, be yourself, son, go on the pitch, be a winner, produce the magic, and when you come off, We'll both smile together. Well, absolutely, Paul, because, uh, you know, that's he has to understand. Yeah. And uh, although he did lose a bit of confidence, so he has to understand he's got where he's got today for a bit through that arrogance. Yes. And he is, a, he, he is an arrogant kid, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you produce the goods. Absolutely. And, and, and he can produce the goods. I mean, he ran, it, he ran it free players yesterday and he went in and out of them as if they weren't there. Yeah. You know, that's a great Jack Grealish. And that's what you as a manager want to see. And it, it, me as a player, if I could run it free players and put them out of the game and make that selling pass, it was just so difficult for him yesterday. He couldn't do it yesterday against... Uh, uh, it was like Oxford Street yesterday yeah. in the Leicester box, you know. It's, it's very, very difficult to play against. We all know that. Uh, and, of course, they missed the bus up front. They didn't have the tank, did they? So yeah. they, they had no other way but to keep the ball on the floor. Um, otherwise, I think yesterday would have been an aerial battle, you know. Uh, Pep would have said... You know, there's only one way we can get around this, and that's put it in the air. Because apart from the incredible free kick from De Bruyne, you know, you didn't really see where there was going to be a goal come from. They, they these these new methods of defending by parking the bus are, are horrible to play against. They're horrible to watch. Uh, it, they're almost to an extent where you really want to turn the telly over, you know. Mm. Uh, I would hate to be at a game because I would go uh, 
for a change, I might go in the bar and finish the game up in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be the As first time. <laughs> well, I did it at Sutton last week. I know, I know you that. did. Did you watch any of the game at Sutton last week? Well, I know you no, certainly ended that, in the bar. Uh, and now <laughs> I, 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 I've been like, what's the warm-up? <laughs> uh, 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 and I spoke to the manager beforehand. I hope they forgive me, but... Uh, I'd, I'd done very, very well to turn up there last week because I had a very heavy day the day before. Yes, and uh, and um, on the Friday, all the trains were up the creek uh, because Chelsea were at home to Manchester United and they uh, a late kick-off against Manchester United, which disrupts everything in West London when that happens. The police have no idea the the whoever does this has no idea it just comes to a standstill uh, and I, I just don't get it and then I nearly never got there but I got there and once I got there and you know I thought I was with my old sparring partner Martin Knight and we looked at each other when they said we're going to take you into the stand at 20 to 3 and my, Martin said well give us another 10 minutes and I thought give us another 2 hours and 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. It was job done. <laughs> but I think if there's one rule change I'd like to see in football, Al, when teams do part the whole game. <laughs> yeah. when, when teams do part the bus, I'd like the referee to stop it, call in both captains and say, Look, if all you're gonna do is defend, um, call your manager in as well. If all you're gonna do is defend, I'm gonna award the game to the other team and we're all gonna go home. Because in boxing, if a if a boxer in the ring just runs away, runs away, makes no attempt to lay a glove on, they would just stop the fight. And I think if football wants to go forward and be the entertainment that it should do, something drastic has got to happen to the beautiful game because some of these teams and managers are making it look quite ugly at times. And it's hardly surprising that former legendary genius players like you would rather stay in the bar than go and watch the game. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, what I don't understand is uh, in our day, I, I remember years ago when Leeds beat uh, Southampton, they transferred my old mate Jimmy Gabriel played and they given that, I think they got a record amount of passes before yeah, one did. goal. And, and uh, you know, I've seen a couple of nine nils over the last two years of Southampton, yeah. got a couple, I think, uh, you know, you wonder, you wonder how players can be earning such big money and then get beat nine 0 I can't work that one out. It's, you know, you think if you've got to go and try and I know, I know what it's like to play against a team at a lot far superior from you. We know that, you know, mm. the old Liverpool team of old. You know, they were going to Anfield was daunting. You know, you could hardly get the ball from it. Everton won the league when they won the league in 70 when Alan Ball was at his best. They were terrific, you know. It was very tough places to go. But I'm afraid, you know, it does show teams up what what they really are when they have to play like Leicester did yesterday. If they get relegated, you know, you say, well, yeah, I remember the way they played at Man City. Yeah, maybe they deserve to go down, Yeah, you know. Uh, because that's certainly not the. He might, he, he might be a little bit wary about will I lose my job if we get beat six at Man, at Manchester against Manchester City today? But come on, 
you're multi-millionaires, be brave. Yep. You know, let's, you know, if you're going to get, I know Waddington wouldn't do it. When I played with Stoke with Waddington, he, he feared nobody. He said, go out and play on them. I've got every, I got every faith in you players, even when the other team were better than us, which they weren't in 75. You know, he, he, he said, just go out and play. Football will always win. Yes. And if you try and go out and play and, and put everything into it, you've got a chance. You know, as they showed yesterday, when that one hit the bar, it could have been one all and Leicester could have. That would have given Leicester a, a bit of a, a right oomph. And they went, oh, yeah, we might we might even go one further here today. You know, what? just one strike of, you know. But you ain't, you ain't going to hit the bar by sitting in your own around your own box all day, are you? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yep. What, a, what a fantastic sentence to finish on, Al. Football will always win. Absolutely, Absolutely. spot on, mate. <laughs> and that is, well, that's, uh, you mentioned Waddington and that's what you come out with, you know? Yeah. The working man's better. Absolutely. Football and music go hand in glove. And uh, that's what all our podcasts are about. All our conversations are about football and music and playing football in the right way putting smiles on people's faces, getting bums on seats these days, because back in our day, it was terraces. But most importantly, getting them bums off the seats and being exciting and wanting to go back and watch the next game because they're looking forward to players and teams replicating some magic moments that we, uh, we, live, and, uh, we live and die for. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Superb. Till next time, out. I will. Uh, we'll reconvene this time next week, and uh, we'll have another chat about a topic of the week. Well, we got the World Cup coming up, and there's lots to talk about, mate. Are you looking forward to the World Cup? Just before we go, is it a bit uh, strange that it's in November? Because the boys are saying no. that I can't get excited about the World Cup. It's in November because it's usually at the end of the season. It's in the summer. We're going away on our summer holidays. Jollies, jollies, jollies. And there's a World Cup uh, festival thrown in as well, but a bit well, different. Uh, I think they don't. They don't deserve it to be a good World Cup. I yeah. hope it's a disaster. Yeah. Uh, I really do, and that's not putting a dampener on anyone that's watching it. It's just uh, it would just prove that to if I, if it's no good, if it, if it's a total disaster, it will just show the people, all the bigwigs and all the suits who have taken money to put this competition on in November, that November and December is a lead up to Christmas, and Christmas is a great time for families and everything else. The World Cup is a summer uh, summer event, and we look forward to the end of every four years. I mean, uh, it's a wonder that, that the power severe hasn't made a World Cup every year. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they're trying your bet because money, money has ruined the game, and money has definitely ruined this World Cup. Uh, and even even though my son's involved in it, I can't get excited about uh, November World Cup. No. Uh, not at all. Uh, and I think if Guy Fawkes was alive, he'd probably try and blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to finish. Cheers, Al. Thanks, pal. Let's, let's go on that. Cheers, Paul. Speak soon. Cheers, Al. Thank you, mate. Bye, bye mate. Bye, mate. Bye. 
Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.